0: Welcome into the Ebony Bird podcast. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. We are Ebony Bird, the official fan sided affiliate of the Baltimore Ravens, ebonybird.com, and Ebony Bird on Twitter. We are found for the podcast on iTunes and our new platform, Spreaker. Welcome into the show. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. You can find me on Twitter at jmcdonald95. Before we get started, as always, I want to remind everybody to download the Ebony Bird app from the App Store. Recent articles that came out today, three reasons for renewed optimism on offense by Nicholas Gardner at Gardner underscore Nick on Twitter. And Chris, who's going to be joining us in a second here at FootballMan58 for Chris Schistler, site expert here at Ebony Bird. Five Ravens to avoid drafting in fantasy football. He put that up and then it was a day or two ago he put up another piece five players that you should be looking out for on your fantasy football rosters and of course that's all going to be kicking off in a, probably about a month or two but there's no harm no foul in trying to get as much research done in your fantasy football league i have a friend who's does mock drafts as, as quickly as they can come out he's always on top of his fantasy game and he you know often finishes in the top two or three of in our leagues every year if not winning them so never a bad idea to get the ball rolling on your fantasy football team but that one you know of course chris just or our side expert writing that one for ebony bird and our other side expert uh, joe schiller he is at joe schiller nfl on twitter is going to be joining us today for probably a shorter edition of the ebony bird podcast i did want to mention um up until training camp we're going to do the podcast every other week it's really a slow news cycle for the ravens and of course in two weeks, they'll be having you know June twelfth through fourteenth is going to be their mini camp. So we'll do the show tonight, no show next week, and then we will do a show for mini camp after mini camp wraps up. And then after that show, it will be every other week up until training camp starts. So with that being said, we're going to talk about some of the takeaways from OTAs we heard to, from today. Of course, John Harbaugh, other guys like Michael Crabtree, Tavon Young, John Brown addressing the media today. We want to talk about that. We're going to um, then talk about Willie Sneed versus John Brown, the battle for who's going to do more this year in terms of veterans the Ravens brought in this offseason with the fact that Michael Crabtree is going to be the presumed number one receiver. We're going to dive into whether or not uh, Willie Sneed or John Brown is going to do more this season with the ball. And then we'll wrap up the show with a little bit of uh, commentary on the recent news about Jamal Lewis thinking that he has CTE. A story came out. On Bleacher Report, I believe it was on Tuesday uh, by Tyler Dune. And he went into a big feature story on Jamal Lewis and what he's doing now. And it sounds like, from all accounts, that he has a job now and he seems to be doing well. But as far as his uh, mental health goes, he is struggling with depression and warning signs of CTE. So that's definitely something that we want to dive into. But uh, before we get started, I, I just want to welcome everybody into the show. Welcome Chris and Joe. Before we get started, again, like we said, Slow news times for the Ravens, but it seems that they made it through another week of OTAs without any significant injuries to report. There were some guys that missed practice last week, like C.J. Mosley was back on the field today after missing last week. I know Nick Boyle missed practice for a personal matter, and uh, John Harbaugh revealed today that Anthony Levine had a foot surgery. And uh, Harbaugh said when when he revealed that that he was like, you know, did I not say that? Well, um, like at at an earlier time, and it's like, no, you didn't. The reporters had no idea that... You know, Anthony Levine had a foot surgery. Harbaugh said that he would be back by the start of training camp. He wasn't uh committed to saying that he would be ready for mini camp, but it definitely sounds like he'll be ready for Training camp. Unless the Ravens release a story or Levine comes out and says something himself. We don't hear from the Ravens much in the offseason, so I don't I don't know why Harbaugh would be surprised that he, you know, if he hadn't told the, the media that he had a surgery. Not that it's a big deal. Levine is not a, a starter by all accounts on the defense, but he is a important piece on special teams and an important veteran presence that can play a little bit of linebacker and a little bit of safety. Other than that, not really much to take away. We, you know, Crabtree and uh, Tavon Young and some other guys are talking. To the media. Crabtree said that, you know, working with Flacco is going great, but at the same time, he can't wait to see what Lamar Jackson can do on the field. Other than that, there's not really much to talk about as far as storylines and OTAs. Yeah, there's
1: not much to talk about. I've kind of had my head under a rock at work all day. You know, they're never going to tell you anything bad this time of year. Most of it's injury stuff. And with Anthony Levine, it's a little interesting because the safety situation just kind of got interesting. When you draft Deshaun Elliott, when you already have Chuck Clark, who's a good special team player, and they really value him, you start talking about roster cuts. Anthony Levine should not be in that conversation, but when you start doing roster math, maybe he ends up being, not because of the safety situation, but because they have a lot of
2: people there. Yeah, I mean, around this time, even if receivers or other players are making mistakes, I mean, it's not going to be too much of a big deal. I mean, John Harbaugh is going to come out and say all the things that everyone wants to hear during OTAs and mini camp. I mean, it's the same thing every year when you're practicing in shorts, everyone's going to look good. It doesn't really matter until you put on the pads, get into the preseason games and stuff. But like you said, Chris, I think that kind of nickel safety spots, very interesting because they use Levine all over the field, almost as like a hybrid guy, even up on the, in the box sometimes. And that's almost the same kind of person that Deshaun Elliott is. And, I mean, coming out of Texas, everyone thought the Ravens got a steal there. So if that's the case, and the Ravens are getting definitely a really good player, especially as a rookie who can contribute in special teams. But even Chuck Clark at the end of the year came on and had some valuable snaps at the end of the year. So it's going to be interesting to see how that one plays out. And I mean, Levine is getting up there in age, and the Ravens are going to have to replace him one way or another, not saying it's this year. The rosters, they have some things to figure out in different positions, and there could be surprise cuts like that that we don't really see coming. But when you have these surgeries and that Harbaugh, you know, subtly mentions, of course, only to him. But then for us, it's more of a big deal because, of course, he didn't hear about it. And, you know, who knows how that's going to play out. We still have a couple months left until roster cuts have to happen and the Ravens can still hold a 90-man roster throughout the entire preseason. So we're going to have a pretty good look with five preseason games about how these guys are going to play out. But, I mean, the Ravens need to get younger one way or another in some of these positions, especially especially in the back end with Eric Weddle getting older and same with Levine. So, I wouldn't be surprised to see some of those guys like Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott make a bigger step in the younger seasons more than we're expecting right now.
0: couple of other things that John Harbaugh said uh, during his press conference. It was, this was put out on Twitter, practice was going on, but Harbaugh said that, they were using, you know, Ronnie Stanley at left tackle. They had Hurst at left guard. Uh, this is like the starting offensive line in practice today. They were using Alex Lewis at center uh, with Skura at right guard. But, of course, when Marshall Yanda's back, either Skura or Hurst or Lewis, one of them is probably going to have to take a spot on the bench, if that is if Orlando Brown doesn't shake out at right tackle for a starting job. That's who uh, was starting at right tackle today during the OTA practice. But, you know, like I said, when Yanda comes back, likely either... I would say Hurst or Scara is going to get booted but then if Brown is struggling at right tackle then you would probably throw Hurst or Lewis out at right tackle and have the other guys on the line and have Brown sit for a while while he goes through his rookie season. I thought the Ravens last year even did shift their line around a lot during OTA, so it's not really anything to take away, but that is the starting unit as far as the offensive line goes. Harbaugh said of course the the annual Brashad Perryman is this is how he put it today, taking a step in the right direction the the yearly time that either Harbaugh or Flacco or somebody says that Perryman's looking good in shorts and a t-shirt when it doesn't count. Chris Moore we into our next discussion about Willie Sneed versus John Brown. Chris Moore and John Brown both particularly connecting on uh, deep balls from Joe Flacco who apparently is really throwing the ball well in OTA so far. Again, I don't read in too much of this stuff. I think that when people are making notes of saying how good somebody looks in OTAs, I think it can be blown out of proportion because just because somebody looks good in shorts doesn't necessarily mean it's going to translate in September and October how we talk about all the time. Where this wide receiver battle is going, like I was just saying with Chris Moore and John Brown um, having good practices today, we wanted to talk about the battle between Willie Sneed versus John Brown. Of course, both these guys... Veteran free agent wide receivers being brought in that have had success in the NFL but have had down seasons recently, with Snead having a suspension and a minor groin injury, and then Brown after a stellar. Uh, 2015 season having two injury plague seasons in a row so when it's all said and done again a lot can happen before the season kicks off against Buffalo uh, in week one just going off these two players track records if you had to pick one who would you be uh, more willing to put five dollars on having a more productive season over the other
2: I think I like Willis Sneed better I mean obviously dealt with the suspensions and injuries like you talked about the two seasons before, 2015, 984 receiving yards, and then 2016, 895 receiving yards. It's obviously not a big, deep threat like John Brown is. He has that potential to play in the slot, be kind of a yards after catch kind of guy, gritty wide receiver that has a little kind of physicality to him that the Ravens do need the receiver position, I thought. You know, with Jeremy Macklin last year and Mike Wallace, they're not those kind of bruiser guys. I mean, they're guys who are going to maybe beat you with speed or kind of get around the edge, but Snead is a guy who can get, you know, those third and eights, those third and sevens when the Ravens fail to pick up those extra yards. He can be that guy to get those first downs move the chains. That's exactly what they need in this offense. So many times last year, the Ravens failed to convert on third down. It stalled their offensive drives. So they settled way too much for Justin Tucker field goals, and when you have a guy like Willie Sneed, who obviously he puts up that production with Drew Brees uh, of future Hall of Fame quarterback, but I mean, Joe Flacco still has an arm that can definitely suffice for that. He's talented enough to do it. Obviously, with him and Brown, they both approving seasons after dealing with injuries and not really being much on the field in 2017. I really do like what Snead brings to the table. The Ravens got him for a great deal and I think he'll be a good slot guy and not saying that Brown's not going to be a productive person but putting some money on it, I think I get Snead because he has the production as of late. Brown had that one good season and if we're going with consistency, I'll take Snead in this one.
1: I like Snead better. I think he's the better player but for the sake of conversation I'm going to tell you why John Brown. Could have the bigger year I, I agree with everything joe said and i think Sneed if i had to put money on it would be the guy that gets more production but i'll say this about john brown he could end up being less of an integral part of the offense and you get more for every touch he's a speed guy he's going to be a great deep threat and you know we keep saying is this when we unlock the joe flacco deep ball?" Well, John Brown could be the guy if he stays on the field, and that's the big question. Is John Brown ever going to stay on the field? We never know about that. I will say this about John Brown, though. He might be a more integral part of the offense because he plays more on the outside, and the Ravens are going to use a lot of two tight end sets. You're going to see a lot of Mark Andrews and Hayden Hurst. They didn't draft him in the first and third round not to use him, and you know what? Mark Andrews does most of his work from the slot. If Andrews ends up being one of your best weapons and Hurst is producing at the tight end position, oh, my goodness, you're going to have a lot of trouble getting Snead on the field consistently. So that would be my argument for John Brown, although I think the better player and the player that's going to stay healthy would be Snead.
0: Yeah, I'm going to agree with you guys, just going on their track records. I think Brown, if he does stay healthy, could have a very good season working with Joe Flacco. But if we're going on recent history and just their their career um, history so far, I'm going to agree with you and, and say that Willie Sneed is going to have more production this season. And staying on this topic, a lot of people are questioning what the Ravens are going to do with a guy like Chris Moore and I think judging off of Brown's injury history the Ravens are going to have a lot of decisions to make with their receiver core especially in training camp and in the regular season you know you got these three guys you got Crabtree Sneed and Brown you got the two guys they drafted in Jordan Lazley and Jaleel Scott you've got Tim White as well and Brashad Perryman and I think if say John Brown gets hurt this season let's just say the Ravens cut Perryman which I think is probably going to happen if a lot of people were questioning what they're going to do with Chris Moore with all these other guys. And I think if Moore is having a good camp and you keep him around just in case for the fact that Brown gets hurt, you maybe start more as like a, a fourth receiver, fifth receiver, and then in the due part that a guy like John Brown does get hurt, you have a guy like Moore who has two years of experience and has worked with Flacco, had a little bit of, of success with him before, so I think there is an argument to keeping a guy like him on the roster as we open up or get ready for the 2018 season. Moving on now on the Ebony Bird podcast, again, I'm host Jake McDonald. you can find me on Twitter at mcdonald 95 our two-side experts, Chris Schistler at FootballMan58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller NFL joining me tonight. Our site handle is Ebony underscore Bird and we are found at EbonyBird.com and the podcast coming to you through iTunes and Spreaker. Ebony Bird, the official Baltimore Ravens fan-sided affiliate. So this story came out two days ago sometime on Tuesday on the Bleacher Report app. Jamal Lewis... And his battle, or could be battle eventually, future battle with CTE, I don't think he's been diagnosed with it yet, but he's pretty sure that he is showing signs of it, which is not surprising considering he said that he had a minimum of 10 concussions during his career, those at least what he thinks the ballpark number is around he said he uh, lost consciousness or blacked out two or three times during games from taking hits and of course the ravens are former running back and you know of course played one season with the browns you know he's had some health problems um especially he's having you know a little bit of trouble breathing which goes to a, a nasal issue that he's apparently having an operation on at some point this summer so hopefully that'll get cleared but there's like a little detail in the article where it's talking about how his nose got hit at one point and that's what's what's the of this, but since retiring from the NFL after the 2007 season, he's gone bankrupt. He had a, a failed trucking business. Um, he, he ended up filing for bankruptcy, and he sold his Super Bowl ring. Despite all of that, he is still doing well. He has a job now. He's he he is you know supporting himself, building that money back up. Um, and he said he did make fifty thousand dollars from selling his. Super Bowl ring which helped him get back on his feet a little bit and despite all of this he's still letting his kids play football like any other former football player especially a running back in this instance he's clearly showing a bunch of signs that come from a football career after taking several hits as, as a running back of course the uh, the forgetfulness and the the, the depression I think all, all comes with it and it's definitely a, a thing to really be concerned about in the future like we want to you know, take care of all the you know, former Ravens players that have done so much for the organization. You know, he won the Ravens' first Super Bowl. But from hearing all, all this and everything that he's describing from reading the article, nothing that was said really from reading this when I heard it shocked me.
1: Yeah, I actually saw the headline and I looked at it and I said, that's news? Then, you know, you read the article and you're like, oh man, that's rough. But it's not shocking that this guy would have these problems. And honestly, you can't diagnose CTE uh, in the living yet, but you might as well say Jamal has it because at this point, I mean, he's taken so many hits. He was a battering ram, one of the most bulldozing running backs I've ever seen. Most, honestly, the most exciting running back that's ever been in Baltimore. It's just rough to see, and it's the ugly side of this game that you never want to think about, but you can't really forget about
0: I think this is an important thing that i mean i don't we'll have to see in the future like how people that are playing in the league are going to be playing in the league now with all the concussion research being done, but I don't know if this makes him any less unfortunate or not, but he literally stopped playing like right before the concussion problems became a really big issue,
2: yeah, and I mean all time great Raven too I mean that. 2003 season where he rushed over 2,000 yards. I mean, just incredible, uh, fantastic running back. Really sad to see how that turned out. But like Chris said, that's just the ugly side of the game of football. You know, you sign up knowing what you're going to get. It's a physical game, and those kind of it's happen. I don't know if there's a day we'll ever be able to stop concussions, but, I mean, just the physicality and the punishment that you take, especially from being a running back. I mean, you're pretty much going to get hit on every single play, whether you're blocking or whether you're carrying the ball. It's good to see him. I saw him out at the Play Like a Raven event up at McDaniel College. He was doing some interviews and talking. Great to see him out in the community still being involved with the Ravens. So I mean, yeah, it's just it's sad. It's sad to see, but it's a great story on Bleacher Report. Everyone should definitely check it out. Um, just highlighting his life and what he's gone through, and it's great to see him kind of get back on his feet and hopefully continue to accomplish things and move forward. Because NFL careers are great. We follow it. We love players. We hate players for how they play in the NFL. But there's so much more past that football. Such a short stint. So it's good to see him. You know, continuing after this and hopefully get his continue to get his life back on track.
0: That being said, that wraps up another edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast. One more time. This podcast coming to you through iTunes and Spreaker. Check us out. EbonyBird.com and ebony underscore bird on Twitter. I'm Jay McDonald ninety five jake mcdonald contributor for ebony bird on twitter our two side experts chris schistler at focal man 58 and joe schiller at joe schiller nfl out on twitter so for joe and chris i'm jake mcdonald and not next week but in two weeks we will be coming at you again right here on the ebony bird podcast thanks for listening